BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. Three happies. Happy Passover, Happy Easter, and Happy Anniversary. Nine years ago today, or thereabouts, this program launched on Sirius XM's POTUS channel. Thank you to TC. Thank you to Dan. How could it be nine years? Nine years. Thank you to Dave Gorab. Because Dave, more than anybody else, was instrumental. My recollection, he may say otherwise, is that we had had conversations a year or two prior. And it just wasn't right from a variety of perspectives. And then all of a sudden, now we came back to one another and it was right. And it's really a it's really a neat story because Dave Gorab, who is a Sirius XM executive responsible for bringing me to Sirius XM, we cut our teeth at the same Philadelphia radio station many years prior, many, many years prior. So we, we both have WWDB to thank for this union to this day. And if you watch the YouTube videos, if you watch me on the YouTube channel, you will see that on my console here in Philadelphia, I have a faux DB mic, which was actually a radio. I, it really I, makes you very happy. Yeah, I just love having it there. It brings and you joy. Chuck Schwartz, who was my first radio employer, gave it to me as a gift. Uh, had dinner at his house not that long ago, and he had one in his basement. Come on, a real yeah. one? Yeah, well, this. Yeah, that's this. amazing. It's very, it's, Dave, isn't that great? The, the cool thing about you and Dave is that you have, there is a shared history there. You know the same people. There are similar stories. He knows this area of the world. That's always been a sort of bedrock of you too, which I, I find really, really well, fun I to, genuinely like, to listen to. I genuinely like Dave. Oh, for He's sure. He's a very decent and honorable guy. I've learned so much from him about how to deal with people. What does that mean? That he is very, very good at managing people. <laughs> He's very measured. I, I, I thought you were so implying good. that you like needed how to deal with me That's or something. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Dan. Guys, thank you, Dan. the day I learn how to deal with you, Michael, the day I learn, I will let you know. I'm still I'm still working that one out. Dave is a very measured guy, steady, able, competent, decent. Anyway, thank you, Dave. You know, um, one other thank you I will extend is to Howard Stern, because if Howard had not come to Sirius XM and blazed a trail, I mean, but for Howard, I don't think Sirius XM would be what it is today. And like he was the guy he was the guy who put Sirius XM on the map. I'm just a huge listener and super fan. I, I have no relationship with him, have never met him as far as I know. Saw him in the hallway, as I recall. But I, I have to pay homage to Howard Stern. Yes, absolutely, for, for what Sirius XM is, is all about. I, I am going to uh, 
I'm going to speak. Actually, I'm going to speak now about speech and Twitter, social media, but Twitter in particular. But you just think of of Sirius XM, whatever you want. It's here, not only in spoken word, not only in in opinions from a variety of perspectives. If you want conservative talk, we have it. If you want progressive talk, we have it. If you want more independent thinking, I think we have it right here on, I don't just mean my program, I mean the whole POTUS lineup. But from a music perspective, whatever you're looking for, it's there. And I uh, I am so dependent upon Sirius XM that if I get into a rental car and it doesn't have it, I'm discombobulated. You know, my, my big beef with Elon Musk is that my own car, the Y, doesn't have Sirius XM in contrast to some of the other models, and therefore it forces me to rely on my phone and the app. And it works beautifully, but it's just it's just not something that I'm uh, accustomed to. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. I am now driving my second Tesla. Yeah, he says it that way, or at least he used to in his Joe Rogan interviews. But I, I am driving my second one. And I was drawn to drive a Tesla for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, the sleek design. When I first drove in the car, and it was Dr. Maz who really said to me, hey, I just bought a new car. This goes back a couple of years, and he took me out on the Blue Route, which is sort of a a beltway of sorts like you have in D.C. around Philly. And uh, I remember when he when he went into the self-drive mode or whatever the proper lingo is, and it kind of freaked me out. I wasn't ready then. I wasn't feeling it then. And then I saw the upcoming model, the Y, and I, I pulled the trigger and was able to get my car just as everything was shutting down. My first Model Y was was one of the last to roll off the line in California. 
So I, I don't want to um, I don't want to overstate my priorities. I was drawn by the design. Yes, a concern for the environment and wanting to go electric when I was convinced that the technology had arrived was a, another part of it. That was definitely part of my my motivation. Uh, the opportunity not to be filling up constantly, even though I like the guy who owns the garage closest to my house, although I think he looks at me a little different now. When I, I had to come in for an inspection on you know my electric vehicle, and I could just it's like Michael, Ooh. it's like bringing a Kindle to a bookstore. A little come imposition, on. no, a little imposition, no. you know. That's how I. That's how I felt. Hey, I'll tell you something else. Just uh, Tesla related. I know that on my CNN program in a week, maybe it's two. I want to say a week. I've tentatively booked this woman in Ford Design. She's been a guest of mine previously. Shame on me. I, I don't have her name in front of me because the electrified F one fifty is about to roll off the line. This is going to, I maintain that where the F-150 is the most popular vehicle in the country, this is going to completely, for, forget what's going on in Ukraine and the future of the Keystone XL pipeline. When Ford cranks out an F-150 that's electric and cool, that'll do it. Linda Zhang. Yeah, she was great. She was, she was terrific. Until recently, I haven't really thought of Elon Musk in political terms. I've admired him for his, well, the word choice I always like to try and associate with this program. He's a critical thinker. And he's an innovator. But like everything else around us, in the last 24 hours in particular, man, oh man, has he become subject of our partisan divide. Because his interest in acquiring uh, Twitter is now being heralded on the right, and greet it with this great, you know, trepidation on the left. It's like he is being owned and disowned as we speak. On Fox News, which I was watching late in the afternoon yesterday on a variety of programs, clicking obviously back and forth with CNN and the war coverage, because CNN is still all over Ukraine and, and Fox increasingly less so. But I saw him portrayed as, you know, this burr in the saddle of Silicon Valley progressives. The Hannity show in particular, Sean Hannity and uh, Tucker Carlson last night, you know, like a very warm embrace of Elon Musk. And meanwhile, and I'll go with Max Boot from the Washington Post as of an indicator of what I was seeing same time on the left. Quote, this is in a tweet. I am frightened by the impact on society and politics if Elon Musk acquires Twitter. He seems to believe that on social media, anything goes for democracy to survive. We need more content moderation, not less. That's actually today's survey question. I'm asking you if you think that Twitter needs more or less content moderation. And I know how this is all going to go from here on out. The competing narratives are going to become self-fulfilling. In other words, when you've got these the, the the sort of the partisan leaders who are media-based, they are not RNC, they are not DNC, when they are putting out the word, the bots will now get in line and everyone will adopt a position of either being for or against Musk, 
based on politics and whether he's perceived as being a red state or a blue state guy. And my position is, and you'll see whether I'm proven correct or incorrect, I think it's too soon to cast him in red or blue colors. I think he's a purple guy. I think Elon Musk is an independent thinker, totally unbound by ideology. That's what I glean from him. That's what I glean from listening to two three-hour-each-long Joe Rogan podcasts and listening to what he said at the TED Talk yesterday. So funny. I knew he was in Canada. I'll tell you later how I knew he was in Canada. Before I knew that he was in Vancouver for a TED Talk, the curator is Chris Anderson. That's kind of a curious title. Curator? What's well, because that mean? He, meaning that he I think I help, want to be a curator. Yeah, he helps choose the different people to talk about TED. I mean, to do the TED Talks. You know, I'm a curator for Smirconish.com. You are. I mean, I, yeah, I curate those aggregated. Right. But maybe that'll be the title that oh, I'll, I'll now go by. I think you should. I'm the curator. Hey, nice to meet you. Well, you are. What do you do? Well, I'm a curator. I'm going to call you Mr. Curator. Sir. All right. Let me think about it before you. you... Anyway, um, you want to hear something hysterical? Something hysterical and a great insight into Musk. This is why my sons love him. It's at the outset of the, the introduction. This is the way the TED Talk begins. So, Elon, um, a few hours ago, you made an offer to buy Twitter. <laughs> Why? <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> Little bird tweeted in my ear or something, I don't know. By the way, have you seen the movie Ted about the bear? I, I, I have, I it's have. It's a good movie. <laughs> It is a good movie. He's look, he's an unusual guy. He's an unusual guy. He's at a TED talk. He's talking about Ted and Ted Two. I'm dying. Or right. Ted and Ted One. He turns around and looks at the Ted. He's like, hey, by the way, have you seen the movie? I fell off it's my chair. It's hysterical. <laughs> that movie. I for a long time I resisted watching a stuffed bear talking to Mark Wahlberg, and then I couldn't get enough of it. Uh okay. On the subject of monetizing Twitter. This is this is this is uh, this is not a, a, a way to sort of make money. Uh, you know, I think this is. It's just that I think this is. Um, this could. Uh, my my strong intuitive sense is that uh, having a public platform that is maximally trusted um, and 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 and, inc- and and broadly inclusive um, is extremely important to the future of civilization. But you've, um, you've described I, I, yourself. I don't care about the economics at all. Big applause for that. He doesn't care about the economics. This is not him making money. He thinks that it's important as a societal factor that there be a, quote, maximally trusted and broad, inclusive framework. Uh, of course, regulation of that content came up. And specifically, you know, what to do about those difficult content moderation calls. Listen carefully. Well, I, I, I think we, we would want to err on this. If, if in doubt, uh, let, let, let the speech, let, let it exist. Uh, it would have, you know, if, if it's a, you know, a, a gray area, I would say let, let, the, let the tweet exist. Um, but obviously, you, you know, in, in a case where there's, Perhaps uh, a lot of controversy uh, that you would not want to necessarily promote that tweet. If uh, you know, so the, I'm not. I'm not saying this is, that I have all the answers here, um, but 
I, I, I do think that we want to be just very reluctant to delete things and, and have um, just just be very cautious with 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 per permanent bans. Uh, you know, t timeouts I think are better or, uh, than, than than sort of permanent bans. And um, uh, everybody wants to know, of course, how does this relate to Trump? Isn't that the on the mind of a lot of folks? And when he speaks, when he speaks favorably toward quote unquote timeouts and not bans, you know, maybe there's a tell. He defined free speech. A good sign as to whether so there is free speech is uh, is is someone you don't like allowed to say something you don't like. And if that is the case, then we have free speech. And it's, it's damn annoying when someone you don't like says something you don't like. That is a sign of a healthy, functioning, uh, free speech situation. I mean, the kid who tracks his plane. Is he going to continue to track his plane? I think Musk probably would let him continue to track the plane. Also, on that issue of whether Twitter should have an edit button, because on Instagram... On Instagram, when I post something and this happens and I do it in haste and I, oh, damn it, I have an extra word there. I misspelled something. I can edit. You can't do that on Twitter. Like, it's, it's out there. How, how do you get around the problem of, so someone tweets Elon Rocks and it's tweeted by two million people. Um, and um, and then, then after that, they edit it. So I'm, Elon sucks. And, um, and then all those retweets, they're all embarrassed. And how, how, do, you, how do you avoid that type of changing of meaning so that retweeters are exploited? Well, I think, uh, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd only have the edit capability for a short period of time, and probably the thing to do at, upon the edit would be to zero out uh, all retweets and favorites. Okay. Um, but, I'm open to ideas, though, you know. So anyway, this has given rise to huge partisan debate, uh, a subject that uh, I had... Evan, who works with me at CNN, look into and provided me with sort of a, a preliminary look at Musk and politics here in no particular order. But you know what? Uh, well, actually, before I leave the audio, TC, fact check me on this. I believe that Elon Musk has acknowledged previously having Asperger's and that halting, unique style of speech that some might not know what's going on there but but look that up make sure i'm not giving out fake news okay okay um and hang, hang interrupt on. Actually, me you know what I, i'm gonna interrupt you now okay I pulled it right up um he announced on snl when he posted right, SNL, when he first walked out exactly he said when he, he was first the first person with asperger's to host the long-running program so yes okay i thought so but i couldn't remember where he had said it so here's here are the notes that I have in front of me with lots of embedded links in 2014 he described himself as half democrat half republican and I'm somewhere in the middle, socially liberal and fiscally conservative. Aha! He tweeted in July of 2018 that he's not a conservative. Am registered independent and politically moderate doesn't mean I'm moderate about all issues. Humanitarian issues are extremely important to me. Yeah, I'm telling you, be careful what you wish for. Those who are, oh, he's one of us. He's one of us. Us, POTUS us. Not one of them, I don't think. What are his political views? Said shortly before the 2016 election that Donald Trump is probably not the right guy to be president. Added that he doesn't seem to have the sort of character that reflects well on the United States. 
quit two of President Trump's business advisory councils in June of 2017 after the president announced that he would pull the U.S. out of the historic Paris Climate Agreement. Musk tweeted, am departing presidential councils. Climate change is real. Leaving Paris is not good for America or the world. Does Hannity know that? Does Tucker know that? Last night, everybody playing Oculus Golf in the family and wanting me to turn off Tucker. I have to. It's my job. Proclaimed in a June 2018 tweet, I am actually a socialist. Whoa. Just not the kind that shifts resources from the most productive to the least productive, pretending to do good while actually causing harm. True socialism seeks greatest good for all. This is great. He voiced support for Andrew Yang and Kanye West's 2020 presidential campaigns. After the January 6th Capitol riot, Musk blamed Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg for doing little to stop the far-right political actors from spreading misinformation and organizing attacks on the platform. Wow. He thinks Zuckerberg didn't do enough relative to January 6th. I'm telling you, the guy's complex. Quote, in general, I believe government should rarely impose its will upon the people and when doing so should aspire to maximize their cumulative happiness. That said, I prefer to stay out of politics. What was the context? That was him on September 2 of 2021 after Texas Governor Greg Abbott cited his support as he defended the state's restrictive new anti-abortion law. In other words, Abbott says Musk is on board with this. Of course, Musk... See, I think so much of this is Elon Musk moves a plant or reduces the footprint in California and goes to Texas, and everybody says, oh, look at that. You know, he's, he's a red state guy. And then Abbott says, relative to abortion, Musk is with us. Then Musk says... I believe government should rarely impose its will upon the people and when doing so should aspire to maximize their cumulative happiness. That said, I prefer to stay out of politics. Evan, nice job. He went through 18 years of Musk's political donations. God bless him. (laughs) Yeah. And by the way, I didn't ask for help on this until like nine o'clock at night last night. So he must have been burning the midnight oil doing the research. Let's see what he found. Um, And I've got color coded so I can show you uh, the Republicans and the Democrats. Suffice it to say, Elon Musk looks to me to be even Steven. In terms of 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 who he's donated to. Let's see. Evan gives me the 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 top lines. Here are the top lines. These are the takeaways during election years. He gives to both Democrats and Republicans. Hmm. He never donated once to a Donald Trump campaign. He's given a total of $1.2 million to politicians, parties, PACs, and referendum campaigns since 2002. He donates to R's and D's almost exactly even. Let's see. In 2003, he gives George W. Bush 2000 he gives Representative Dana Rohrbacher 2000 I, I wonder if that was a, 
I wonder if that was a, you know, local congressman, California, I'm building a plant kind of thing. At the same time, he gives to Democrat General Wesley Clark, 2000. 2004, Rohrbacher gets another two grand. The NRCC, National Republican Congressional Committee, gets five grand. Senate Victory Fund, 500. Hey, he's not a big donor. I mean, for a, this is chump change. That's the real takeaway. He doesn't write many checks. Senator Gordon Smith gets $1,000. Those are four Republican donations in 2004. At the same time, he gives Senator John Kerry two grand, Barbara Mikulski two grand, Representative Gary King two grand, and Representative Chet Edwards one thousand. All four D's. Oh, oh, this is interesting. Two thousand and five, and again, this may be a business thing because you know two thousand and five, he's building the plant or getting ready to. Right. He gave the governor ten grand. That same year, 2005, he gives Hastert 2000, these are the R's, Representative Ken Calvert 2 grand, NRCC 25,000, Rohrbacher 2000, Schwarzenegger 10 grand. On the Democratic side, he gives Feinstein 1000, Jane Harmon 2100, Jane Harmon 2100, Chet Edwards 1000, Secure US. I wonder what that is. Secure U.S., five grand. Oh, he gives the proposition yes on uh, Prop uh, 82, preschool for all. He gives 10 grand to that. 2006, another 10 grand to Schwarzenegger, 12,300 more to Schwarzenegger, 22,300. To Schwarzenegger, Feinstein, a grand. I mean, how do I interpret him giving to Arnold and to Feinstein at the same time? It's a business thing. It's a business thing. Let me fast forward. Yeah, like here's Barbara Boxer. Barbara Boxer in uh, 2007 is the uh, beneficiary of, of his campaign donations. Oh, okay. How about this? Uh, Hillary, 2008. Hillary, 2008, he gives $2,300 to. By the way, you know, I said he he's Trumpian insofar as I think a lot of these donations probably can be explained by his business interests. Well, in 2008, was 2008 the year that you would look, maybe it was 2000. I was going to say, he's got something else in common with Trump. Trump donated to Hillary. I mean that's the funny that's the funny thing. I'm I'm going to get to another story about my my friend Steve Scully and Republicans saying they're not going to debate and they like they they look at, at at Steve and they say, "Well, you know, Steve uh when he was 8 years old and delivering the newspaper, he worked for Joe Biden." Or right? maybe it wasn't 8, but he was 17. H- how is it that the Republican how is it that the Republican National Committee can say we're not going to participate in debates because, well, you get a guy like Steve Scully, who when he was 17 and at American University was an intern, first for John Hines, a Republican. Oh, but then Joe Biden. I guess we can't trust him, even though the guy's got like 30 years of honesty and integrity. Meanwhile, watch me on this, TC. Meanwhile, 
the RNC, it's okay for Donald Trump to write a check to Hillary as well as to go to her wedding or vice versa, her to go to his wedding. But somehow Scully, when, when he's wet behind the ears, can't be an intern for a young Joe Biden. Ridiculous. Anyway, so Elon donated to Hillary in 08. Let me go. Let me go first. All right. You're saying, Michael, don't go through every year, although it is interesting, isn't it? Holy crap. Look at this in 2020. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. You're full nerding out. Joni Ernst. Joni Ernst. Isn't Joni Ernst the one from the commercial where she'll castrate your your bull? She's castrating bulls? Joni Ernst. shooting things. $2,800. John Cornyn, $2,800. Senator Tom Tillis, $2,800. Yeah, castrating hogs. Right. That, I love it that you put Joni Ernst castration and up at pop sorry it's the only thing Game i can changing remember pig castrating now, now wait a minute she, wa- though. she now, wants to make dc now, squeal now hold on because in 2020 when he's when he's supportive of Joni ernst and john cornyn and tom tillis he's also writing a check to gary peters jack reed gene shaheen and our friend chris coons okay <laughs> so there it is and oh, and one more thing that I'll say about about Musk, and this is this is another reason why I'm an admirer of him. So there's a Saudi prince, uh, Alawid bin Talal Al Saud, who is one of Twitter's largest shareholders. And when Musk announces his offer, 41 bill all cash for the company, the prince, the prince tweets this. I don't believe that the proposed offer by Musk comes close to the intrinsic value of Twitter, given its growth prospects. Being one of the largest and long-term shareholders of Twitter, the kingdom, I reject this offer. So Elon Musk, within hours, fires back his response. Interesting. Just two questions, if I may. 
How much of Twitter does the kingdom own directly and indirectly? And what are the kingdom's views on journalistic freedom of speech? Yeah, baby, because of, you know, the U.S. intel community says, hey, Mohammed bin Salman, MBS, personally approved the murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. So I love that he's right back in the face of the Saudis. That's my gut, ladies and gentlemen, supported by a lot of data. Thank you, Evan. That was really good stuff. And it confirmed. Oh, and at Smirconish.com today, apologies for the paywall, but a really good deep dive from the independent having a lot of the same information that I have just discussed with you in detail about Elon Musk. Musk is not red. Musk is not blue. Musk doesn't want to have anything to do with the fringes, not those who are welcoming him nor those who are abandoning him. That is my story, and I am sticking to it. Now I'd like to know what you think on today's survey question. Does Twitter content require more or less regulation? More or less regulation. Is it good or bad news that Elon Musk has Twitter in his sights? Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. <laughs> 